Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you all. Please do take your seat. Today was nice to drive in the car park this morning, and I think for the first time uh, this year I've seen the, the grass uh, getting white, meaning the winter is coming, uh, which is, uh, is nice. It's a nice part of the year as well, the cold. Uh, winter is coming, Christmas is coming, yeah. <laughs> Always very exciting. But it is good to be here today. It is good to see you here today. It is good to be here uh, because we are in the presence of the Lord and uh, we're going to worship in this morning. Do you believe that God has prepared something for you today? Do you believe that? Can I see your hands? Just raise your hands. Say, yes, I believe that God has something for me today. And, uh, you know, I just want to read a verse. This is simply the verse that came uh, this morning on the Bible app. It was the daily verse for today. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah? And uh, there is freedom in this place this morning. There is freedom in your life. The, if the Holy Spirit lives in your life. It means that you've given your life to Christ. You've been forgiven. Therefore, there is freedom. You're welcome in this place. There is freedom in this place. Amen? So uh, I want you really want to encourage you to open up your hearts today and to, and to worship God in freedom. Leave behind any, any things that is um, hindering you today from worshiping God. Leave behind anything that is stopping you from uh, focusing on the Lord uh, because there is freedom. Yeah, Christ has paid the full price of my sin and your sins. There is freedom in His name. Now today, uh, just walked in, we have as well Jane. Jane, can you just give a wave? Jane um, Kibrish, I'm not sure about to pronounce your surname. Can you just give a wave? Yeah, to the church. Now, if you do not know this lady, I got to know her yesterday. You know that over the years, the Harvest Center have been uh, supporting uh, work in Uganda, care for Khufu. Probably you know, there are newsletters. We have, um, um, every now and then we uh, collect special offering. And there is a man there called Samuel, and he's heading up the, the ministry along with his wife, Jane, and she's here with us today. Uh, so the reason why she's on her own is because they wanted to come together some time ago uh, in occasion of an MFG conference, but there was some problem with her visa. Her visa got delayed, so she couldn't come here along with Samuel. Then finally she got her visa, and the, the rule is that once you get the visa, if we don't use it, then you cannot apply for a new visa to come in this country. So she had to use that visa, and she decided to come on her own, and it's wonderful, Jane, to have you here. Uh, we're going to hear uh, from you uh, today, um, and uh, we, uh, you know, we can share you know, a few words about your life, what you're doing in Uganda. We're looking forward to, to hear from you. And, um, yeah, just to spend some time with you. So why don't we all stand? Let's just um, start this service. 
Uh, let's worship God, remember, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom in this place this morning, there is freedom in your life. So let us worship the Lord in freedom. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, because you've given your life on the cross for us. We thank you because in your sacrifice, Lord, there is freedom. We thank you, Lord, because we don't stand uh, condemned, but we stand forgiven before you, Lord. Uh, Lord, Lord God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence among us here this morning. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will work in our life, that you will touch each one of us here today, Lord God. You know who we are, where we come from, where we are caring with us this morning. And Holy Spirit, yeah, we, we, I just pray that you will bless this place. You will bless each one of us, the families that are here represented, Lord God. We pray for the people that are not here today because they are struggling with different situations in their lives. Maybe it's illness or maybe it's um, either other problems, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you will reach out to them in this moment. As we gather together, we worship your name, Lord God, and you will uh, touch their lives, Lord God, wherever they are, Lord God, that you will... You will uh, uh, you know, uh, speak to them and, 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 and answer their prayers, Lord God. We thank you because we do not believe in a God who is deaf, Lord, but you, we know that you're always listening to us, Lord God, and it is an honor for us to be able to worship your name in freedom. It is an honor for us to be able to approach your throne because what you've done for us on the cross, we worship you, Lord, together. We worship you, Lord, today. We praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Jane, would you like to come and share something with us? Yeah. Uh, good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. Oh, what an opportunity it is for me to be here in the Harvest Center Church. I really want to thank God so much who has enabled me to be here with you this morning. Um, my name is Jane. You already, you, you've already been told. Uh, has, uh, my husband is Samuel. Some of you know him. He has been here before. At least for me, this is my very first time to be here. And I thank God for that opportunity. It has already been told to you how I didn't get a visa in time to come for the MFG conference in May. So when I got it late, we seized the opportunity. But I think God planned it that way so that I can be able to meet the lovely people that have walked with us a journey uh, in Kufu. So my main point this morning is I really want to thank every one of you so much for all the support that you've given us. We thank you so much for working with us through Care for Kufu. And for this, I really want to thank uh, Pastor Kane so much, though he's not around. But we are so grateful to all of you we cannot take for granted all that you have put in for us. Um, in Care for Kufu, uh, we've been able to carry out the ministry through Care for Kufu because of the support that is given through it. The ministry in Kufu is actually doing quite well. There are so many children that have been helped through your provision, um, and there, there is hope. Many children have been given hope, and even their parents because the time we started ministry in Kufu, life was so different from the way it is today. And people had a very negative attitude towards development, towards education, and their health was really so bad, it was poor. But through care for Kufu, we have been able to 
uh, we've been able to change people's attitude towards life in the first place. And the medical help that is given to them has really helped people's health to improve a lot. We've also been able to carry out workshops on, of educating the parents on life and how they should care for life and how they should consider education as an important issue for their children and their attitude has greatly changed. Today we have a different kind of, uh, um, different kind of attitude towards life from the various parents. So we are really so thankful, so, so, so thankful to all of you. We can never take for granted the effort that you put in, the provision, all the contributions that you send to us through Care for Kufu. And God is really doing a great work. He has used you mightily. And for this reason, we really pray for God's more blessings upon you people. Thank you so much. We are so grateful. May God bless all of you. Now, uh, today I would like to share with you something that comes from the book of Proverbs. Now, uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, among all the books in the Bible, is one of the books that I like the most. I mean, uh, the Bible is all beautiful, but when it comes to the book of Proverbs, there is something special because it's very practical, and basically you start reading it, there is no flowers and decorations. It always goes directly uh, to the point and shares about the wisdom of God that we can apply in all the areas of our life. All kinds of things from friendship to relationship to marriage to education of our children. Uh, all the things that you can think of, how we use our time, uh, the attitude that we have to our life. Whatever you might think of, you know, when you go, go in the book of Proverbs, you will find God's wisdom, you know, for you to apply in any given situation. And it's one of the books in the Bible that I always recommend people to read. Even when you do, uh, you know, um, when you, sometimes I like to listen to the Bible while I do other things. So I don't have time maybe to sit down and to write down and to do that deep, deep meditation. But I like to play uh, the Bible just to listen to it. And, and usually when I do that, I like to listen over and over the book of Proverbs. Because even as we, if we don't realize it, you know, these things started to um, uh, comes in our in our head, and and you know, and they will uh, and they will always leave something good behind. Um, so often, you know, when I when it's a good season, and I, I come to the office with a bicycle, and I know that some of you have uh, seen me in the morning um, in the high street, maybe while you're going to work, and you see me coming down with a bicycle. Um, most of the times I'm, I'm wearing headphones, and most of the times there is a book of Proverbs playing. It's just because I love it. Uh, it speaks about the wisdom of God. And this is really what I want to share with you with, uh, today. It's, it's, uh, it's God's wisdom. And I think it's, um, it's important for us to understand more about God's wisdom because, uh, you know, we as people and human beings, we are very good sometimes in applying our own wisdom uh, to a different situation. We allow our own wisdom to override God's wisdom. We think that we, maybe it's better if we do this way. We like to take situation into our hands and, and we are very impulsive we, we react to situations you know um, and therefore you know I think it's good always to keep in mind that God has a wisdom this wisdom we will sit together is, is something incredibly beyond what we can even fathom and understand and imagine and is there for us to apply in our everyday life um, so I just want to open uh, uh, with, with a verse in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. This is uh, how the book of Proverbs starts to speak about the wisdom of God. 
It says, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. Now, you might notice here that, what, wisdom is a she? Is that, uh, what's going on here, you know? And, um, well, Proverbs, you know, uses, you know, compares the God's wisdom to a lady in the book of Proverbs in a poetic way. Now, I'm sure that all the ladies in the house, you are telling me that's no accident because women are always right at the end. Yeah, you might be able to tempt it to think that, but it's not exactly that. I'm going to give you a bit more of an explanation here. Uh, what we see here is a figure of speech and more uh, specifically is a personification. What does the word personification mean? And when it comes to a literature or writing, a personification is basically when I take a concept and because I want to make this concept more understandable to people, I personi personifi personify the, that concept. I, I speak about that concept as if it was a person. So instead of describing uh, the uh, causes and effects uh, and, and speaking about something in a cold way, detached way, I, I use personification in order to... Uh, to use a language that can be more understood, that we can relate with, yeah? And this is not just, uh, you know, um, common in the Bible, but any, if you go, um, any poets or like famous writers that wrote different books in, in, in history, they use a figure of speech and they use um, personifications in order to describe a concept. So this is what the, the book of Proverbs is doing. The, uh, the author, most probably Solomon, uh, for that verse, he was using this figure of speech, this personification, so that we would understand more about the wisdom of God. And, and, and just because I would like you to understand that, you know, uh, I, I've got another couple of examples where the Bible used uh, a figure of speech, uh, specifically uh, personifications. For example, Genesis 4.10, it says, the Lord said, this is the after uh, Cain killed Abel, uh, you know, the, the children of Adam and Eve, and, and it was the first murder of the history of man, Cain killing Abel. And then the Lord was speaking to Cain after he had committed that atrocious crime. And this is what he says. The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now, this is another personification, yeah? Uh, it's basically, we know that blood cannot cry. But God wanted to explain to Cain, look, I know what you have done. I know exactly what you've done. Do not pretend that I haven't seen you, yeah? That was the concept, and he used personification because he wanted to understand. He said, look, your brother's blood is crying from the ground. Another example is in Psalm 77, verse 16. When the Red Sea, speaking about Israel crossing the Red Sea, um, when the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depth. Again, you know, the sea cannot see anything, yeah? It doesn't have eyes to see anything. But what we see here is another personification. Here, God wanted to explain to us that he's, uh, he, to him belongs all authority, that even nature, you know, submit itself to God. And how best to explain that? By using a personification. The sea saw you, the water trembled before you, and basically they opened, like to say, my authority goes even above nature. And the same thing is for wisdom. When, it's, when uh, the personification is uh, treating wisdom as if it was a woman, so that um, as he described uh, uh, the God describes His wisdom to us. We can relate more with that. We can have a better understanding of what He's speaking about. 
And, uh, and, you know, here is the, the question. is like, okay, we know that there is God's wisdom, so why is God's wisdom so important for us? And the simple answer that we're going to unpack a little bit now is because God's wisdom was there from the beginning. So while we were born one day and we grew up in a, in a, in a, in a very uh, defined set of um, uh, culture, in a paradigm that uh, they dictated by our culture, by our society, so our whole life is affected by that. So when we use our wisdom, you know, we all filter things through what we know or through the ways that we are used to do in our society today. And that's why, plus we, of course, we've got fallen nature of man, sin is in us. And that's why the wisdom of man, you know, we cannot say by any means that we, our wisdom is the perfect wisdom, yeah? But when we speak about God's wisdom, it is perfect because it was there from the beginning, yeah? Listen to how the Proverbs describe God's wisdom and always uses this person so you, as I read, you will see uh, the way how the uh, author speaks of the God's wisdom as if he was speaking of a person. So I'm going to read from the NLT this time, uh, translation. Proverbs 8 from verse 22 to verse 30. Listen to this. The Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. I was appointed in, in the ages past. And, at the, and uh, at the very first, sorry, before the earth began, I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled for their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he had made the earth and fields and the first handful of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the, the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the sea so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth foundation, I was the architect at his side. I was, in, I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. You see, here he's speaking as a person. I was there when. But here he's speaking about God's wisdom. God's wisdom was, uh, real, was there because, of course, God's wisdom belongs to God. It's part you know, of God. It's not something separate. And God's wisdom was fully involved at the beginning of everything, you know, when God created all things. This here is very uh, poetic. Of course, we, don't, we know that the, the earth does not have foundation as such. But, you know, you have to understand, you know, Proverbs is also a poetic book. But here is the message, you know, I was there. When everything was created, when the heavens were created, when the boundaries of the earth were set, the boundaries of the sea were there, I was there. I was there from the beginning, before He created anything, before anything started in the universe, and not just this planet, but even any host, any stars or planet that you may see, able to see, I was there before everything. That's, that's, you know, that's God's wisdom. And you, you can see immediately why, you know, God's wisdom is infallible and perfect. And, 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 and compared to our wisdom, that is not. It's very, actually very fallible and very much imperfect. So whenever we, we approach God's word and, and we, and we um, learn about God's wisdom, we actually not just learning about someone sharing an opinion, about different things in life, but this is how things are. 
because I have created them. This is how I've ordained things, how things should be, how things needs to go. That's why is there is no place even to question, but I, today is a different world. Today is a different generation, a different age, for sure. No, there is no space for that. Because God knows exactly how things were created at the beginning. He was the maker of all things. So, okay, God, God wisdom, you know, the first things for us to learn that is the perfect wisdom. He's way above what we understand. But then the second important piece of information for us today, that wisdom has actually, God's wisdom has good plans for us. As um, God's wisdom says, when you apply me to your life, the fruits that you're going to bring are going to be something precious. Proverbs 8, 19, my fruit, this is again wisdom speaking, my fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. So when we apply God's wisdom to our life, yeah, in three minutes is 11 o'clock, thank you. When we apply God's wisdom to our life, our life starts to bring a fruit that uh, is precious. So God's wisdom is not there to kill our joy. Oh, God said that. God's wisdom is there because He wants to see the best uh, uh, things happening to us. He's the fruit that God's wisdom brings to our life are more are, are precious than fine gold. God's wisdom is there also to bless us. Proverbs 8:34 Blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors waiting on my doorway when we listen to God's wisdom your life is blessed and i like this example here like those who are daily waiting at my door watching you know at my door and waiting on my doorway and you know i started to think about that it's like if you come in front of a building and you know in that building there is someone extremely important who's going to come to meet you. And of course you cannot enter the building, it's not your house. So what you do? You stand by the door. You try, you know, you go in your toe tips. And it's like, ah, oh, where is he or where is she? When, when is he or she coming? I want to see her. I'm, wa I'm watching out for it. And this is what wisdom says. Blessed are those who listen to me, who are waiting for me, watch, watching daily, daily at my doors, waiting at my doorways. Those who are basically searching and seeking God's wisdom and wanting to apply God's wisdom to their life. Those people are blessed. Their fruit is going to become precious, um, more precious than fine gold. And their life are going to be blessed. And as well, when we apply God's wisdom in our life, there is safety for us. There is a, a, a place for us. Go one more minute. Yeah. There is a place for us that we are safe and we find real life. Proverbs 8.36. But those who fail to find me. He's again ladies wisdom speaking. Those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who, who, all who hate me love death. All those who fail to find me. Look if you don't find God's wisdom. If you don't, don't apply God's wisdom. To your life you're gonna harm yourself I'm gonna carry on for this we're gonna stop now as all the countries doing um, just to remember that the people who give their life in their war although it seems the men never learn from it we remember people who died decades ago and yet today people are dying because of the war 
Nevertheless, we want to bring our respect to them. Dear God, we, we thank you uh, for the people who gave their life to defend this country and to defend the, the freedoms that we have today. Help us, God, as um, even today dying in the war, we're, speaking, we're thinking as well about the people who are dying in Russia and Ukraine, in Israel and in Gaza, Lord God, for the sufferings that w the war brings. So we just want to pray for the people who are losing their lives still today because of war. And again, we thank you for those who gave their life in the past. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, please sit down. I was thinking about this yesterday um, while I was driving back from the conference between the chat in the car and the minutes of silence while I was driving. I was like, oh, tomorrow is Remembrance Day. I was thinking, people are still dying. We don't learn, do we, men? Wars are still happening. Um, and it's sad to see how stubborn we are in persevering in, in the way, yeah, what sin does in our life, really. It's nobody's fault, in a sense. Um, anyway, let me carry on from where I was. Uh, listening to wisdom. So listening to, when we listen to wisdom, uh, to God's wisdom, um, what will that, what will that do? It's going to produce fruits in our life that are pressure, uh, more precious than, than fine gold. He's going to bless your life and he's going to protect yourself. If you don't listen, you know, but those who fail to find me, wisdom is speaking, they, they end up harming themselves. All who hate me love death. So again, it's like either you love God or if you don't love God and his wisdom, maybe you're not aware of that, but basically what you're saying, I love death. Because outside God, there is only death. There is nothing else good. So this is God's wisdom. You know, something greater than us, something that goes beyond our understanding because it was there when things were created. God's wisdom speaks about how things should be and are. And then, away as well, you know, second point, God's wisdom, when we apply that wisdom to our life, it brings a fruit, yeah? But there is an issue, yeah? The problem is that, as I said at the beginning, as human beings, sometimes we, we like to, to take situations in our own hands. We, we know what Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. What God says in certain situations, or uh, we know God's opinion on certain things, but rather than to listen to God, we think, well, I know I'd be better. Come on, it's a different world. I'm sure, you know, you know I can work out something. So, so we take things into our hand and because we think, oh, come on, you know, it's like God, you know, what a bigot, you know, for sure what he said, you know, when, when the Bible was written, you know, and specifically that verse, and now we're speaking, I don't know the exact date, but, you know, so many thousands of years have passed, you know, for sure things have changed, you know, doesn't matter, let me take the situation, you know, in my own hands, but it's like, then we harm ourselves, we just read, you know, those who don't find me, says wisdom, end up harming themselves and end up loving death. So here is the question, is like, how do we resist our um, short sight when it comes to problem solving, yeah? When, when there is a situation, there is a problem around us, we, 
very quickly we try to do this and that to fix the situation. But sometimes, and not always, and I'm not saying that you know, we, are, we are stupid as people, that we have our own wisdom. God has given us wisdom. So I'm not saying that we should just you know, sit down and, and let the world pass by. But we need to be careful not to be too quick in taking decisions. Specifically, you know, you know, if we know that the decision doesn't line up with God's word that contains God's wisdom, then even if I think it's something good, I'm not going to go for it. God, you know, show me what I've got to do. But I'm, I will never compromise, you know, your wisdom, your word, in order to, to find um, a solu- what I think is a solution to my problem, yeah? So we've got, you know, our strategies often to, uh, to, get a, to get us out of situation are made of shortcuts. If I do this, you know, I'm sure I can get there. And we are very quickly to react and to act. Um, but this can be very dangerous. And because this is extremely dangerous, you know, God wanted to make sure that you got to understand that. You've got to understand that when you move out from my wisdom, you're going to put yourself and the people around you in big troubles. So he has given something else, another tool that we have when we approach the Bible. Uh, This is very helpful if you want to learn more from the Bible. Uh, This is called uh, biblical patterns, yeah? A pattern is something that repeats over time. So when there is an important concept in the Bible that really God wants to bring across to your life and to my life, what it does, the Bible, applies a pattern. Meaning the same situation, maybe with different people in a slightly different context, keep on happening so that people see what happens if we do certain things, yeah? And when it comes to do something that goes outside God's wisdom, which is, and, and will bring us in positions in life that are going to harm themselves, because God wanted us to understand this, He has given, a biblical, has given us a biblical pattern to see, look, people in time who thought they had a good idea and moved away from God's wisdom, look how they ended up. And, I've, and I've, you know, there are literally, there are plenty of examples in the Bible. I've just taken three in order to move quickly. And the first one is right from the beginning, Adam and Eve. Everything was created, it was perfect around them. Everything was, was there for, uh, for, for them to use. They, that was under their domain. You know, they had a relationship with God. Every day they would spend time with God, walking in the garden. There was no sickness. They were, oh, can you imagine that? That's going to be heaven, literally. But they, they were there. They only had one rule. Look, there is this tree, the tree of the, the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to touch that. Look, you can have all what you want, but there is this one thing. Listen to me. Do not touch that thing because it's going to harm you. But then we, we see what happened in Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the fruit... Oh, just a dead fly came down. <laughs> when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good... For food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And then we know the story how it goes on because of these, you know, sin entered into the world, and we are where we are now. But look here, you know, this is the pattern. The woman saw something, so she saw something. She thought that's something good, you know. Okay, I know God told me not to touch that, but look, it's so beautiful, this fruit. If I'm going to eat that, he, he listened to the devil. I'm going to gain wisdom, yeah? And then she, she, she took action. I'm going to eat it. And then the problem started. So she saw something. She acted on that. She disobeyed God, acted on that, and the problem 
started from there. So and then you go again, the same pattern happened. So this was right at the beginning. For example, when the Israelites asked for a king. So you know a little bit, you know, when, G, when God set the people free from the land of Egypt, he brought them into the uh, promised land, they were a different kind of people. He said, look, I'm not going to give you a king. I'm going to be your king, God said. There's going to be judges appointed. There's going to be priests, you know, but I'm going to be your king. If you've got problems, you know, there were other systems in place how to sort out the problems, yeah? Uh, but somehow the Israelites, at the beginning, yeah, they were very excited. But then they thought, okay, we want to be actually like our neighboring nations. We don't like this, this, this setting. It doesn't matter if God asks us to, to, to live our life like this. But why don't we become like other nations? Other nations have got a king. We want a king as well so that he can lead us into battle. They, they saw something. They thought it was good. So they went to the prophet Samuel. And this is what they said. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel and, uh, at Ramah. And they said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all other nations have. And then Samuel, he listened to them. He goes away. He brings this request to God. And God said to Samuel, you know what? They want a king. I'm going to give them a king. But please let them know that if they will have a king... This king is going to rule over them. He's going, to, he's going to take part of their produce. He's going to lead them to war. He's going to do this and that. Uh, it's not going to be an, a happy, clappy relationship. He's going to rule over them. So Samuel said, okay, got it. So he went back to the Israelites. You can have a king if you want, but this is what God said. If you ask him for a king, this is what's going to happen. And then of the, in the same chapter, verses 19 and 20, this is the response that they gave to Samuel. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and, finding, uh, and fight our battles. Yeah, they wanted a king, a human king. This is again important to go in front of us and fight our own battles. You know, until that point, God was the one who was fighting their battles. They conquered the land with God leading them into battles. So they really what they were saying here, look, you, I know that you're good. I know that until now you, you brought us here and you gave us so many victories. But now we need a person. We need a king different from you, God, that, we can, that can lead us into battle. It's like, okay, I don't trust you anymore so much for whatever reason. We want someone else. So you see here, it was not just about asking for a king. It was like a shifting of focus. I cannot be just focused on you, God, as the one who rules over me and fight my battles and solve my problems and shows me the way. Now I'm focusing to some, into someone else. You know, and, and so then King Saul came. And we know that King Saul started well, ended up, ended up not that well, and not just him, but all the kingdom and the people around him paid the price for that decision. But again, you see, biblical pattern. Adam and Eve, they saw the fruit, they thought it was good, they know that God, you know, asked not to touch the tree, but doesn't matter what God said, it's good, I'm going to eat it, I'm going to act on my own wisdom, in my own decision, I'm going to eat that fruit, and problem started. And now again, the same thing, you know, the Israelites, they knew that God was supposed to be their king, they knew that they were not like the other nations, but they saw something, the same words are repeated, even the Hebrew translation, they saw something, you know, they thought it was good, we want to be like the other nation, we want a king over us they acted on that they actually you know appointed a king and then the problem started again the same pattern last example but as i said there are at least you know 10 11 when i was um, doing some research there are so many times happening in the bible 
And this is uh, the episode, the very famous episode between David and Bathsheba. You remember David, the king of Israel, the second of the, of the three great kings of Israel. Um, and, uh, and the story goes this way that one day David could not sleep over the night. He went outside in his balcony. There was, uh, he saw the houses around the, the, the castle. And there was a woman, a beautiful woman who was bathing on the rooftop. Yeah? Uh, and he decided basically, okay, this woman is going to be mine. You know, and then, uh, you know, and we can read something here just to, to show you the same pattern. Uh, one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw, Eve saw that the fruit was, was good. The Israelites saw that their neighboring nations had a king. David saw that this woman was bathing, that she was beautiful. The woman was very beautiful. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and slept with her. And then uh, the, the story, you know, the story, um, we don't have the time to read everything, but it carries on from that moment uh, on destruction entered into the house of David. The house of David, the family of David start to, uh, to crumble around him. But I want to focus on the pattern. Again, look, my wisdom is like that woman. She isn't married. She doesn't belong to you. Not because you're king, you can do what you want. Look, leave her alone. In fact, by the way, no, he got her husband killed. You know, this was really an evil thing what he did. But that woman doesn't belong to you. He knew that, God's wisdom. But he saw her. He thought, oh, she's beautiful. I'm king. I can do what I want because that was how things happened in those days. I want to have her. doesn't matter what God is saying. I'm going to follow my own wisdom and I'm going to act on that. And then a number of problems starts. And then there is Abraham and Sarah, you know, a lot of other examples that we don't have the time to go into that. And then suddenly, you know, then the Bible here and then there is the opposite example who, that, of people that actually follow God's wisdom and they benefit from it. But I've taken just one example, the most important one. And it is the example that is expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who comes and, and breaks this pattern. And you know when he does that? It was in the, in the worst moment of his ministry. You, you remember what, which one was the worst moment of Jesus beside the actual death on the cross? Which one was the worst moment during his ministry on earth? A moment he couldn't bear it anymore. When? When was that? Is that a question? Come on. The worst moment of Jesus' life beside the actual death on the cross. There? Gethsemane. Yes, well done. Remember when he was about to die? He was in the Gethsemane. He was praying to God. Jesus, 100% human, 100% God. So he knew that death was coming. He knew that that death was painful and atrocious. So as a man, the Son of God, he prayed and he said, Well, God, would you take away this from me if you can? You know, I know that you, you can. You know, you just take that away from me. It's too much for me to bear. But then what he's, you know, here is the change in how he shifts his pattern. He said, but, but no, your, not my will, but your will be done. So his human, his human eyes have seen, look, that thing is going to be painful. My wisdom is telling me that maybe we can find another way, human wisdom. Maybe, maybe there is another way. Maybe I don't have to die on the cross. He could have done that. He could have said, you know what? I'm the son of God. I can snap my finger and fingers and, and legions of angels can come and fight for me. I can get rid of easily of that situation. Easily. He could do whatever he wanted. But he decided not to follow his human wisdom that was telling him it's going to be painful. It's going to be, you're going to lose everything. It's going to be atrocious. He didn't, he didn't follow that wisdom. And he said, not my, but your wisdom, your, your, your will be done. 
I'm going to follow your wisdom. And, and, and if in your wisdom, God, you're saying that this is the only way, I'm going to go for it. Jesus broke that pattern, you know, as sin entered into the world through one man. So salvation came into the world. But if sin entered into the world following the pattern of, I think this is better. It doesn't matter what God says. I do my way. And then sin is defeated by Jesus saying, I, I know what's coming. I know it's painful, but it doesn't matter what I think. Your will be done in my life. The pattern was broken. And um, so let's do a recap. God's wisdom. We cannot have a conversation about who is right, who is wrong between us and God. God's wisdom was there from the beginning, remember? It was when everything was created, it was there. God's wisdom is not just there to, ex to display God's greatness, but it's there so that if we apply God's wisdom to our life, we can actually have a lot of benefits. Precious fruits, thinner, thinner um, pressure than, than fine gold. And we can uh, protect ourselves. And then there is the pattern that was broken by Jesus of prioritizing God over our own thinking. So here is the question is, how, how do we get to know wisdom? And I, I keep on using a personification, like if, if really she was a person. How do I get to know wisdom? I understood that she is so important for me. I understood that she came before everything. I understood that she has a good plan for my life. How do I get to know her? Wouldn't you get to know her? Wouldn't you like to get to know a person who would lead you to live a life to the full, from victory to victory, that would give you strength? Wouldn't you want to meet someone like that? Someone who is the solution to all your problems, to all your questions. So how do we get to know wisdom? One verse to start, that's the beginning. Proverbs, Proverbs 9. You see, everything is in Proverbs. Beautiful. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You want to, be, you want to get to know wisdom? You want to know, to, to know this lady, <laughs> this uh, God's wisdom, using a personification, yeah? Do you want to get to know her? Then the fear of the Lord is the beginning of everything. What does it mean, the fear of the Lord? It means... Is Jesus the Lord over your life? Fear of the Lord is like, who is Jesus for you? Is this someone that existed in history? Or is the Savior of your life? The word fear here is not like being afraid, but being reverent to, to him. What's your attitude to Jesus? If you want to be, to be wise, you know, your relationship with Christ, the person of Jesus himself, is the beginning of all wisdom. So how do we get to know more this wisdom? It's like the answer is, is simple. It's to know Christ. It's to know God. To know God is to know wisdom. It's like more we get to know the person of Jesus, the more we actually um, will tap in into God's wisdom. More our relationship with Christ is closer uh, to Him, and more you know, uh, the wisdom of God will come and bring an effect to our life. And I want to be practical here. What, are we, what wisdom are we talking about? What relationship are we talking about? And that's reading the Word of God, the Bible, spending time time in prayer with the Lord. This is how you build a relationship. You build a relationship with a person by spending time with that person. 
You know, I'm married to Anna, and we, you know, we, we build a relationship over the years because we spend time together. We've got time for each other. We listen to each other. In the good moment, in the bad moments, she, I know her strength and, and her weaknesses. She knows my strength and my weaknesses. We know, us, we, we know each other pretty well because we spend time together. And the same thing with God. If you want to know wisdom, you need to get to know Jesus Christ. You need to get, you need to get serious with, you know, with your relationship with God. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 30. This is what Paul says. It is because of him, speaking of Jesus, that you are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, because of him, God, that you are in Christ Jesus. Who has become for us what? He has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So Jesus Christ is for us wisdom from God. Colossians 2, verses 2 and 3. My goal is that, uh, that uh, they might be encouraged, this is always Paul speaking, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and, and united in love, so that, they may have, um, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden what? All treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ, what is hidden in Christ? All treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that's, you know, it's pretty normal, you know. You know, the, you know when your children come to you, if you're a parent, I'm sure you, you found yourself in this situation. We did. Joshua coming to us. My friend told me that his mom said, that the grandparents said, that I can do, and they come up with something crazy. Crazy. Oh, really? You know, so you want to check out information. What do you do? You don't go to the child, you go to the primary source. Let me see how things are. And then you find out that things are not exactly the same how has your child described them to you. Or like the, the game of the Chinese whispering, you know, um, I think this is how you call it in English, you know. You put uh, 20 people, 15, 20, 10, whatever they are in, in line, and you start from one side, you whisper a sentence, uh, you whisper a sentence into the ear of a person, and then the person is to pass on whatever he understood. He's not allowed to ask back anything. Whatever he understood, he passes it on to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And then usually what comes at the end is a completely, you know, different, you know, sentence than what was at the beginning. So the only way to really check the accuracy of an information is to go at the source. You know, it makes sense. And this is what the Bible is saying. Look, Jesus Christ is the, in him that hidden all wisdom of God. You want to become wise in your life. You want to get to know this person called wisdom again using this figure of speech then you need to get to know Jesus there is no other way around there is not like I've talked to the pastor I've talked to the elder I've talked to my friend who is a Christian for 20 years I mean these are all good people you know and then you know we can all seek advice and talk to them but you need to have a personal relationship with God through Christ in order for you really to uh, to find the understanding and wisdom that comes from God and once you hear about God's wisdom you need to apply of course that to your life it's like, you know, a, a, a few Sundays ago, as I said, you know, what good is a mirror? You know, if you go in front of the mirror, you see say, something is wrong. And instead of correcting, you just walk away and forget what you saw. So when I picture myself into the Word of God and I've got the wisdom of God speaking to my life, I need to align myself to that wisdom. A wisdom that was there at the beginning when everything was created. A wisdom that I cannot even start to question. Even when I don't understand, there are so, so many things I don't understand. Why is this happening? But not for a second. I even imagine to question God. Give him an explanation. I know. It's like, no, I don't know, Lord. 
You know everything. And then I've got the wisdom that is a wisdom that is not just greater than us, is, but it needs to be applied in our life to bring fruit. And in conclusion, I just want to read another portion of Scripture. And uh, when I was putting it together, I, I am aware that I, I read quite a lot of Bible. And um, I said, well, this is uh, it's 10 verses. It's a, a, bit, a portion of Bible. Maybe I should take one or two verses. I start, oh, I might take that verse. But no, I cannot leave that out. Then, okay, I'm going to read two verses. I cannot leave that out, you know. <laughs> and then at the end, I couldn't leave out anything. It's just a, a wonderful piece. It's God's word. A wonderful piece of writing that is so encouraging for us. And I want you really to sink in as I'm reading. And when you go home, I want you to take your Bible and to read this a couple of times, three times. Let really these, these take root in your life because it's something wonderful, okay? It starts with a bit of introduction. This is a letter of Paul, yeah? Um, so the first verses may be of less significance, but I'm going to read everything. So this is Paul writing to the church to the Colo in Colossus, to the Colossians. He says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you, for the church of Laodicea, and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have a complete confidence that they understand God's uh, mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. And now from here, get this, honestly, follow that, okay? In him lie hidden, hidden all the treasures of wisdom and, and knowledge. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accept Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. That, that come from human thinking and not from the spiritual power, from human thinking, sorry, and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. I love these verses. I love when he said, you know, let yourself, your roots go deep in the knowledge of him in whom all wisdom of God are hidden. Let, let, let yourself, your life be completely taken by the person of Jesus Christ. Let your root grow deep into, into him. Let no one deceive you with well-crafted arguments. You know, the lies from the enemy, they always come to us as a well-crafted enemies. Come on, this is good. It cannot be that bad. Why don't you do that? You know, it's like, you know, they're well-crafted. They make sense to us. It's like, but here it says, this is just nonsense. Empty philosophies. High-sounding nonsense. So much nonsense we hear today in this world, in our society about what we think is right and wrong, 
this is right, this is wrong, I'm sure it's fine, you know. Nonsense, well-crafted arguments that if you're not careful, you know, they make sense. You remember, you know, how did Adam and Eve fell? You know, Satan went to them. He said, oh, did really God say that you shouldn't touch that fruit? Oh, what a shame. What a shame you cannot touch that. You, cannot touch that. you know, if you can only get that, that's going to give you something you cannot even imagine. God wanted to keep that away from you. Come on. And, and Eve was like, whoa, it makes sense what you're saying. I've got this desire now to... Doesn't matter to what God is saying to reach out and to eat. That's how Satan comes to us. Well-crafted arg arguments. You know, wisdom that it really speaks about nonsense. But you let yourself be, you know, rooted in the person of Jesus. In whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I want you to, to understand this. When it comes to God's wisdom, you know, He doesn't want to, He's not a killer joy for your life, but God's wisdom has good purposes and plan for your life. And when we apply with God's wisdom in our situations, when even when we think that we should do something differently, you know, I'm going to stick with what God is saying. You know, if God is clear into something, I'm going to stick with that. doesn't matter what my brain is, <laughs> is saying. And I'm laughing because... This is what Jane, my daughter, the excuses when she does something that she knows that she shouldn't do. She looks at us and she goes, oh, but my brain make me do that. My brain make me say that. I said, no, you are, you know, you, it's not your brain. You are in control of your brain, of your thinking. And then she changed that because it didn't work. The devil is making me do that. You know, it's like, no, no, this is just you, you know, who want to be naughty and do something different than what we told you to do. You know, that's why I smiled. But, you know, this is what we are. You know, it's like, you know. Let's be rooted in Christ, yeah? in whom all wisdom of God is hidden. This wisdom that was there at the beginning, when you and I were just in the mind of God, when the world around us was not, it didn't even happen yet. God wisdom, God's wisdom was there. And he, and he crafted all these around us. He designed things exactly the way how they should be. And he has given this wisdom to, to us through his word. So that if we apply God's wisdom to our life, we may be fruitful and we may bring fruit to his glory. Yeah? But it's ours the responsibility of following God's wisdom. Why don't we all stand? And uh, just, let's just close in prayer and worship him. You can come here. Um, and as we uh, worship God, as we spend this uh, last uh, period of time in the presence of God today, uh, I just want to encourage you and each one of us here uh, to challenge your own wisdom, to challenge your, your, your own thinking. You know, if, if you know that, you know, you're thinking maybe the solution to that, it could be this, you know, I want you to challenge that. I want you to go back in God's Word, and if you don't know how to move in God's Word, maybe go to someone uh, who is more experienced with God's words, and, and he can point you to, to the answers that are there in God's Word. And I want you to use God's Word to challenge your own thinking, to challenge your own wisdom. Allow God's wisdom to challenge your own wisdom. Take that stand, take that decision of saying, Lord, I want you to be first in my life. Lord, I want to be rooted in you. Lord, I want to get to know this wisdom. This wisdom that created all things, this wisdom that has good plan for my life. I don't want to be part of that pattern that, you know, willingly decide to move away from your wisdom because we think that something is good for us, but we want to be like Jesus who said, Look, if I even, I don't understand, Lord, but not my will 
but your will be done. I want to be the one who recognizes how to submit myself you know, to your will, to your wisdom. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. And, and if you are here today and you think, you know, you've done a lot of mistakes in your life and situations were created in your life. And I can, I'm sure that if you think about how this situation came about, it's because at one point you decided to take the situation into your own hands. You've decided to do something that you thought was maybe at the beginning was okay, but then it became something bigger and slowly you moved away from the wisdom of God. And because of that, you find yourself in different situations and maybe paying the consequences of some of the mistakes that happened in the past. And I want you to recognize today, allow Jesus to be Lord over your life. To say, yes, God, I want your wisdom to be the one that guides me with my family, with my workplace, with my friends, with my spouse, with my business, with my school, if you're learning, with my study, when it comes to politics, I want your wisdom to guide me. When it comes to social issues that we face in our day, I want your wisdom to guide me. When it comes to ideas that seems to be acceptable in today's world, I want your wisdom to guide me. That don't just go ahead because you think it's okay. Allow God's wisdom to guide your life. Hallelujah. You will be tomorrow the decision that you will make today. Simple as that. And if you are now in a broken situation, it's okay. We start repairing it. The, the principle is still the same. Tomorrow, you, you will be in a position that is going to be determined by your decision today. To rebuild perhaps your life, certain areas of your life, but this time to rebuild them with God's wisdom and not with your own wisdom. Hallelujah. Dear God, we, we thank you because your word is wonderful. We thank you for the love that you have for us. And we thank you for the wisdom that is in you, God. For how, for, for, for how it is there for us to display your greatness, but as well to become a guide for our everyday life, to bring fruit to your glory, fruits that are precious, more precious than gold to protect us and to, to help us live life to the full. This is why Jesus, who contains the fullness of God's wisdom, came into this world so that I may give, so, so that I may experience life and life to the full. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. And I pray for how many people right now are rebuilding something in their lives. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will keep always this challenge in front of their eyes to rebuild with you in the center with your wisdom and not with their amen how good god is do you agree with me praise his name hallelujah wonderful we come to an end the end of the service we're gonna have a church lunch so please do not rush away i've got a fly it's persecuting me 
I did take a shower, huh? It's not <laughs> Uh, so even if you haven't brought any food with you, yeah, just hang around with us, have some food with us, some fellowship. Let's build a relationship and may God bless you the week ahead. May God be with you in all what you do. And we'll see you again on Wednesday for Bible study if you're attending the Bible study. If not, next Sunday. God bless you, everyone. <laughs>